Welcome to the Dragonheart Ascension podcast with Sonia, where we mediate for innovative quantum solutions as the Dragonheart Light Council in preparation for Mother Gaia and Humanity's Ascension in 2029. universe, the outer realm of which was full of white light. Inside the white light realm, there was a very dark black void. Inside the black void was a red violet colored heart beating, symbol of all life, joined and merged together, the cosmic center emanating and filling up space. The black void is made up of dark matter. The white light is the holies of holies. Red heart is a manifestation of all life throughout the universe. We are all part of this one beingness, the one universal soul this one universal life stream. Without dark void, there is no light. Without the universal heart, there is no love, and thus no life. Without all three, there is no higher realm of consciousness and all that is. In order to be one, we must be all. In order to be together, We must be one. All life is one life. It is all peace. It is all truth. It is all life. It is all love. And it is all light. Beautiful. Thank you for doing that again. Always. My pleasure. Anyone else would like to go next? Yeah. Starting right at the very beginning, when you said connecting hearts, I felt this jolt with Chrissy. It wasn't a bad jolt, but it was a, almost a palpable sensation. And it was almost like I had a visual, and it was gray, of a gear, this thing with our Lego toy not Lego, but some kind of toy with all the little things coming out. Just like, boom, it was right there. Didn't feel bad or anything, but it was just something that I noticed. It was like a gear. And then shortly after, I had, I don't know how to explain it, other kind of like a militaristic sense of things and not like, guns and stormtroopers and everything, but just in terms of strength of purpose, strength of necessity, strength of an evolutionary shift where things, should you choose to accept this mission, need to expand, need to really proliferate in terms of what the kind of things that we see coming, the kind of things that we're involved in change. And then I saw 
a throne. And as you all know, I'm not a very clear visual, at least have not been. But I saw a throne and there was a being on it, perhaps Jesus. And there was gold all around. And behind the throne was the top part of a cross. Except the cross was not representing a crucifixion. Although I could not see the bottom part because it was behind the throne. My feeling was that all four positions hmm. were equal. And they extended physically, etherically around the cosmos. So they represented the four directions. They represented a wholeness, an entity. And for some reason, I said, nothing was said to me, but I said, I obey. And then I heard, no, obey. B, there is no separation. Who and what you're obeying is the same as you. And then after that, I had this sense of relaxing into everything. By being my mastery, I heard you no longer have to struggle. So from there, it felt like I've crossed over another one of those invisible lines of awareness. Just a different sense of relaxation. And then gear shifted. And I started thinking about my character and I heard, write about what you know, even if you're not fully actualizing it in this now. So for me and all the things I speak about, like quantum adventures and quantum things, I know these things, whether I'm totally mm -hmm in this form, embodying them or not. And then I didn't even finish, but then this writing came and I think it's relevant to, to us being here or to what has been coming through, but this was aimed at the book. And as you probably know, I did write a book. I'm not gonna use that version, but I've written innumerable introductions, innumerable approaches, but I think it pertains to us moving into much greater spheres of our own reality and collective reality as a result. That's what I got. Okay, since Bennett and I always link up in the cosmos and share similar visions mine was unlike yours but also like yours in that the most vivid thing that came to me imagery wise like at the very beginning of the session when you were calling in the dragon masters it is a golden hawk a very large golden hawk that swooped in and made its presence very known like i was aware of what was happening and being said but at the same time all the attention went to this golden hawk and just swooped in and rested on a perch or a spot up above what made it similar to Bennett's image is that it had a 
not at first glance, but upon looking back at it, it had a crown of thorns. And of course I thought of Jesus because that's really the only imagery that I've ever seen associated with it is that Christ imagery and, but didn't get a clear sense of this is Jesus in the form of a hawk as much as this golden hawk being the energy of such and giving that bird's eye view over what was happening, which is our session below. And upon looking back again, the crown of thorns turned to a crown of leaves. And then eventually it was just like a golden crown on the hawk's head. And I thought it was interesting too, because the hawk went from being perched above, looking over everything to being on a nest. And I've never really thought about hawks being on a nest before, or I guess I've thought about hawks being on a nest before, but as much as a hawk being a mother over baby hawks, just never really came to my mind before. And that's the imagery that came to mind was this steely, fierce, like obviously it's a hawk. So there's a sense of authority and presence and steeliness, but yet that same presence is the same bird that sits on the nest tending to the babies. And then after that, it was just like a flood of different random thoughts that kind of pertain to bringing more of what we're doing to the world and nothing really groundbreaking at all, or even feeling like very called or necessary to share. But after I had come back out and was sitting with the four of us again, the thought, the four horsemen of the Ascension is what came to my mind in regards to us. And yeah, with that, that's, that's everything. So mine is always about feeling. So I see the master surrounding us. I'm flying in my dragon form. Uh, I get some personal guidance. And then I'm feeling pressure on my third eye. And I feel a band around my head. It feels like my neck is being stretched. My head is being elongated as well. I see an eye looking back at me. I'm merging with it. I feel my third eye expanding. My head is expanding. It feels like a pole is being sent through the top of my head. My head feels like jelly moving. I get the that the whole group is being upgraded. It feels like I'm floating in space going in, a feeling of compression going in. I now see a heart in the center of the diamond. It's blossoming like a flower, vines of white flowers flowing out of it, creating a net inside of a mandala circle. It has a diamond iridescence to it. Now I see diamond jewels inlaid within it. A light grid we are forming for others to follow. It goes with the horseman thing. A spinning grid moving very fast. The center is forming a vacuum going in. I just went through it, felt like a sucking action. (laughs) Feels like the new earth, very peaceful feeling. I'm aware of my head again, feels lighter, lots of energy. Feels like I'm returning back from a great distance. 
That's it. So all of your stuff was somewhere in my journey, little pieces of it. What I'm noticing is, and it's becoming a little more exponential, is that each time we're getting together, we seem to be making leaps in terms of coherence and depth. So it's feeling more, or maybe it's just me, it's feeling more fulfilling, richer. Yeah, it's a nice, it feels like a weaving, like we're weaving together. Which, of course, is the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it one step further. It feels like emerging. Dare I say it, groovy. (laughs) We've been doing, for the last two or three weeks, maybe more, different kinds of breathing exercises and so forth together. And it served a couple things for me. One, it's made me realize just how much I've ignored in terms of my physicality in this lifetime. I definitely feel that I've been a master of all this stuff. The drive is to coalesce whatever gifts exist in my whole life extreme lineage. So I'm now eager to really bring this in. And what I'm experiencing, and it's subtle, but what I'm experiencing already are increased sensitivity. And the more the sensitivities arise, the easier it is for me to become disciplined in the various things that I feel are important for my journey. And I didn't even get to tell you this, sweetie. Several weeks ago, <clears throat> we saw an episode on Gaia where they're teaching children and adults how to see without their eyes. Not like intuiting so much, but literally see. So people are reading books blindfolded and all kinds of things. And I was so intrigued and I hadn't thought about it too much. And then last night I just wanted to look it up and I came upon some young man who just seems to get all of these different things and embarking on my own little journey to teach myself to remember myself how to do that. Just because my whole thing is bringing quantum potentials into this dimension and teaching and showing them and letting people know that you might have been sold a little bit short about who and what you are. So I've been feeling that necessity, one, to really support and educate people in the school systems and homeschooling and to wake people up to what's going on in our schools. I don't even have to get started, but it's... You're preaching to this choir. That's Exactly. exactly. That's what I'm developing. But sharing those kind of insights and really just being a steward and way shower into this new earth, a different way to be so that you don't fear losing your job or have to keep your kids at public school because you either don't have a choice or don't think that you have a choice or just really teaching people how to be more and out of the 
system less, be more kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just telling you how to share your feelings. (laughs) I'm talking like, how do you communicate and understand communication on a completely different level where it just eliminates the misperceptions that you have in your life and doesn't rely on other people being able to effectively communicate also and communicate beyond this whole division that's happening and in all the ways that we're being divided and really bring people back to that oneness so they can understand the communication that they bring to others is the same communication that they're engaged in during the time that they're bringing it to others. Mm -hmm. And there's an importance there and something to pay attention and definitely to show a difference in relationships, this whole six planets in retrograde and upheavaling everybody's life. Currently we had this just whirlwind pass through for about four or five days in my house where it started just as abruptly and suddenly as it ended. And so much was uncovered for myself throughout that, those few days. And as soon as it ended, everything was just fine again, like just instantly fine again. And Mm. it was quite unique. And, uh, I almost didn't even really mind that it happened on the other side of it. Didn't really like it while it was happening on the other side of it. I was like, Oh no, that really was like, dare I say easy, but very eye opening and definitely next level creating. Sometimes we go through things like those and I like to call them wake up calls. Yeah, for sure. Retrogrades are definitely good for that. <laughs> yeah. I usually get those in my dreams. <laughs> a warning so I can make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. So I'm prepared. This is not a new thought, but it definitely landed in a new way for me. That part of receiving also has to do with our ability to receive what we don't want. Because it definitely gets served up. So how are we receiving the things that we don't want to have happen? What we think we don't want. It's all perception, isn't it, really? Yeah, if we know where it's leading to, like I said, once you're on the other side, don't mind it so much. But once you're in it and you can't see really where it's taking you, then yeah, I I have some resistance in that area. (laughs) I don't know if it's just (laughs) me, but I do experience a little resistance there. And I can see the difference between accepting your circumstances. Okay. I just got to be a victim (laughs) versus really receiving the fullness and all the richness of the moment and how necessary it is, in my opinion, to be out of that 3d and 4d way of thinking, because otherwise it's just pure hell and right and wrong and division. I got a very clear message that there is no right choice. There's no right thing to do. There's nothing to do. I don't think I could hear that enough. My recovering perfectionism. One perspective is ultimately it really doesn't matter because as one being, we're just having these experiences and then we're sharing them with the collective. It reminded me, I think I've probably even shared this with you guys before a picture that I saw of this pickup truck driving through the desert or whatever, not on a real road in the back were all these monks and it hit some kind of big rock. And so all of these monks 
are going flying through the air because of the collision. And who knows what they'll be like when they land. And every one of them had the biggest smile on their face. (laughs) Because it was just another experience. And so when you say things like receiving sometimes things that are not so positive, it's just another experience. I'm not in that spot all the time, but I have experienced uh, a few times when I've had some pain, be it either like physical pain or emotional, and having the clarity to say, isn't this pain exquisite? <laughs> what a wonderful pain this is. And how we respond to these things that we don't really welcome really changes the experience significantly. That is pretty much how I describe childbirth because it was oh, the yeah. most intense sensation, but not one that I would call pain in the moment. I definitely would not have called it exquisite because I felt <laughs> like my lower body was trying to walk across the room without my upper body. And I was bringing through some kind of tribal primal sounds that I didn't even know that my body could make at the time. So that was a distraction from the exquisiteness of it all. Mm-hmm. But I did have the wherewithal that I would rather be experiencing all of that than to not know what my body was doing at this crucial time. So I never equated it as pain, although obviously it was quite an intense sensation and one that would often be categorized under the category of pain, but I can't equate it as such because I wouldn't have had it any other way. You know what I'm saying? between the option of being numb from the waist down and having no communication with my body and what's going on with that to really being keenly aware (laughs) that some kind of expansion that I've never experienced before was underway. I know that I've shared this with um, Onya and Bennett before. It has to do with childbirth and you know, how men always think they're sharing in the experience. And it takes me back to Robin Williams and his take on sharing the experience of childbirth with your wife. He says, not unless you are passing a bowling ball, are you really sharing the experience with your wife? That's pretty surreal. (laughs) for sure it's pretty (laughs) i've never heard it described that way (laughs) i had neither until i saw robin do it (laughs) no but pretty thorough i also gained some insights about marriage not during our session but over the past week and i realized that like before getting married i used to hear people say marriage is just a series of falling in love over and over again And I just always thought that that was like a very beautiful metaphor. Like that just meant like the more you got to know each other, the more you loved each other and the more you fall in love. But now I realize you're falling in love all over again, over and over again, because you're falling out of it and then back into it and then out of it and then back into it. And that's what makes a successful marriage. But it is sweeter every return because I bring more consciousness. Like in the beginning, it was 19 and a half years ago. It was easy. 
decision made for me. I was just blindly smitten, but now I have to be very conscious about it. And I feel like this departure, we had just a big upheaval over the past week, this departure from each other. And then this coming back together, there's a more full receiving of one another and a more conscious decision in it and a more intentional commitment to cut out the nonsense and let go of old outdated habits and uh, just mature together. So I found myself thinking like, Oh, I fell in love all over again. I was like, aha, that's what those people were really talking about. You know what the real meaning is. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, different strokes. I don't think I've fallen out of love at all. There's a point where, when you get past the drama and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, where it's just bliss. <laughs> I certainly yeah. feel that it's more of a not being out of, but just more intentionally in love yeah. and more conscious about what aspects. And also realizing that love doesn't mean you just let the completely off the hook and be sloppy all over the place. You love them into integrity. You love them into their wholeness. You love them into yeah. their full beingness. And I think that a lot of women who have challenging partners as I do, and I'm also maybe a challenging partner. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm pretty easy breezy, but I don't have to deal with me in that same direct way. I'm very certain about something. So I know that's got to be challenging. Uh, for those that have challenging partners, there's so much that gets left unsaid. I just feel for all those partners that have gone estranged when they're both whole beings just wanting to be seen and recognized and understood. And I think that what my husband and I are doing, although be it traumatic and challenging at times, for my experience, at least my safety is always intact, by the way, he's a remarkable man, poor communicator or immature in some choice of words, but remarkable man. So I know I'm always safe, which gives me this place to really explore what could be happening beyond how things seem. And yes, there are places where he needs to step up and take responsibility, but there's a lot of places that wouldn't be happening if I wasn't making it up in my head. So there's something to be said for that as well. And <laughs> I know that's part of the communication I'm supposed to be bringing forth so that people can understand it's there. You weren't crazy to choose this person. There's just a lack of effective communication happening within and with each other. That may really be the issue. I don't I know why this just came to me, but it came to me and I'm going to say it. Alice quit falling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I am now officially worried about you, Jonathan. <laughs> I was going to say, I think your perspectives are wonderful. And it's really clear to me, speaking for myself, that if I hadn't experienced all the various things I did prior to us meeting, our story would be, if there would be a story at all, our story would be very different. I applaud you. The reality is that in this particular live stream, we met many years later than where you're at right now. And I know that I'm just using these as 3D markers, but we both had all kinds of experiences 
of varying degrees of trauma from several feet underneath the surface of heaviness and stuff. So I think that's a big part of why when we chose to meet and come together, a whole lot of stuff had been worked out. I think it's great. And I think that there's a vast number of people that benefit by those kind of insights. Thank you. I hope so. Because <laughs> it's a doozy yeah. to go through, but I'm just stubborn enough to continue the trek. It takes a Capricorn, quite frankly. The balance of patience, the unwilling to quit until you make it to the top. And then if you agree to quit when you're at the top, that's a whole other story. But we got to get to the top first. Mm-hmm. Taking the challenging path is all very much I was made it, for. It's for whatever reasons. It's what you two chose. Yeah, it's wild. It's a wild ride. But And look at all the, no puns intended, all the fruit of you being together, not only in your extraordinary child, but just in all the lessons learned and all the... Yeah the deeper perspectives gained. Yeah, I think we're making magic here. There's part of me that's, what the fuck are you talking about, Chrissy? It's bullshit around here. But really, the bigger <laughs> part of me <laughs> really feels like I'm making magic. And I settle into that and I nestle into it as often as needed so that I don't get caught up in the illusion that I'm still dealing with all the bullshit. So I trust that it's on its way out and clearing in. Either way, I'm going to focus on receiving it in a much more full way and see what happens, see what happens with that. I feel like I'm already doing that just naturally, but now just even more intentionally. So when the next one comes, it's been a while since I've been like knocked off my energetic footing and I was definitely knocked off my energetic footing and now being back in it is, oh, really? That's weird. I don't remember that happening, but if you say so. <laughs> feels like I've always had my foot again. If you would like to be part of the global solution for innovative quantum changes, please join us at the Christ World Healing Circle, where we collectively perform quantum mediation for global ascension as training for the Dragon Heart Council of Light. Go to ChristCoast.com under the World Services menu tab to register.